Hello lacrosse friends, welcome once again to the podcast. I am Steven Stamp, your host, and we're going to start off the show today with three pieces of news. The first of which is that we are now officially Laxbeat. We are retaining the tradition of Boxlebeat. It's a nine-year history. I'm very proud of what we have done here at Boxlebeat over the years. Some great guests, some great conversations. We're just changing the name. And it will be Laxbeat to reflect the broader deep dive we are taking into the world of lacrosse, including women, men, box, field, pro, amateur, from all around the world. So, Boxlebeat becomes Laxbeat. We're going to be back with more pieces of news and with an interview with Major Series Lacrosse Commissioner Doug Louie talking about the recently announced, just announced, Major Series Lacrosse season that will be starting next week. Thanks for being with me here on Laxbeat. I'm Stephen Stamp, your host. Be right back. Okay, thank you once again, Lacrosse Friends, for being here on Laxbeat. I'm going to keep saying the name over and over so I can get used to it just as much as so you can get used to it. Formerly Boxlebeat, now Laxbeat, and we do have, as promised, two other pieces of news. One very good news, one really not such good news. So we'll start with the good news. The International Olympic Committee has granted full recognition to World Lacrosse as the governing body for the sport. So that is great news. It's a huge step on the road to being part of the Olympic Games. Now, the one important thing to keep in mind or to, to notice is this does not mean that lacrosse is in the Olympics. It's just a huge step on that path and it is a big step. Basically what happens now is World Lacrosse can apply to the host cities. In this case, the first chance is LA in 2028 for a host city sport slot. It's quite a new IOC initiative. Host cities get to select some sports to add to the games, bringing in sports that they believe will appeal to the local market. Of course, another question that does arise immediately is the concerns about participation of the Iroquois Nationals. Uh, there's still a lot of work to be done on that front, but my understanding from speaking to reps of both World Lacrosse and the Iroquois is that the work is being done. Much of it needs to be done by the Iroquois. My understanding, again, World Lacrosse supporting them in advancing the cause, getting the work done as necessary. So while we all hope and believe that we're going to get lacrosse in the Olympics starting in 2028, that is not what has happened today, but Full recognition to lacrosse by the IOC is a huge step. Um, I'm not going to go too much into the whole IOC recognition deal because Terry Foy has done a great podcast, a uh, great job of it in his podcast on Inside Lacrosse Podcasts, interviewing CEO Jim Schur. So go and catch that wherever you get your podcasts. Check it out, Inside Lacrosse Podcast, Terry Foy with Jim Schur from World Lacrosse. And uh, you can get a deeper dive into that. The news that is not so good, it is very close to my heart and uh, a real blow when I saw this the other day. Casey Vock, 
He used to be a colleague of mine at Inside the Cross. He's moved on to some other things, but he is still one of the best people in the game of lacrosse. Just a prince of a person. He was driving home to his Baltimore home Sunday uh, for, from a Sunday morning hike, and he was hit by a shot. He uh, was the wrong place at the wrong time, as they say. Bullet entered under his left temple, exited under his right eye. Luckily, it just missed his brain. It's a tough recovery. He is in rough shape, as you can well imagine. His life's never going to be the same, but we all are pulling for Casey to recover as best he can to get back to being able to be part of this game and of his family and, you know, just being with his friends. We're very hopeful for that, and we all want to help. I know I want to help. Um, I am donating. If you can help, please do. Understand, not everyone can donate to everything. If you can... It would really help to get Casey back in the swing of things, help him to recover. Um, just go and search GoFundMe, Casey Vock. It's C-A-S-E-Y-V-O-C-K. If you can help, that'd be great. Um, if you can't send money, please send um, your thoughts, your healing thoughts to Casey. He really is just one of the best people that you would meet in this game that is so full of wonderful people. So anything you can do, um, please do it. Casey's a great guy. We want to see him come back. Thank you. Joining me on Lackspeed is Doug Louie, the commissioner of Major Series Lacrosse. Doug, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Stephen. And it's great to get you on. Quickly, we just heard the news earlier today that major series lacrosse will be having a season obviously uh lacrosse canada has canceled all the national championships uh including the man cup as part of the the cancellations or well you you know msl and wla really decided together it wasn't going to be able to happen this year uh there have been some leagues getting going and now today we hear that major series lacrosse is happening so first of all congratulations on getting something happening and there's got to be some quite a bit of excitement among the teams. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very pleasantly surprised at the enthusiasm the teams that are participating have shown. Um, it's uh, been a long time without um, our game being played at the MSL level it's across the country. Um, I've been in constant contact with um, the WLA Commissioner Paul Delmani, um, as well as the CLA uh, leading up to the cancellation of the Man Cup. Um, so yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that uh, everyone's excited to uh, be able to see, you know, great lacrosse again. So, how many games is each team playing uh, in the in this season? Okay, so it's 20 games scheduled uh, to home and away with each team. So, it'll be uh, eight games per team um, for a total of 20 games. Okay, so a round robin among the five teams. And the five teams that were announced playing are Brooklyn, Brampton, uh, Owen Sound, Six Nations, and Oakville. Uh, Peterborough not taking part. Everyone's immediately asking, why isn't Peterborough part of it? Um, can you just, what can you share about why the Lakers are not involved? Well, forgive me, Stephen. First of all, that's incorrect. Brampton is not participating. Owen Sound is. I think you missed Cobra. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was very bad. Um, yeah. 
I'm still getting used to it, to the on sound thing. Uh, I, sure. I understand. I'm sure everyone is. And it's been so long, as you said, since we, uh, since we talked about it. So, uh, um, okay, so let's try this again. Brooklyn Lacrosse Club, <laughs> Coburg, Owen Sound, Oakville, and Six Nations are the, the five teams taking part. Correct. And the question remains why the Lakers are not there and what you can share about why they chose not to take part. Well, I think we have to go back to uh, to the original decision to have a discussion about uh, playing again. Um, basically, came out of um, the Ontario Health Department when they uh, when they pulled Phase Two ahead by I think four or five days, um, and then opened the window for Phase Three 21 days later, and had met all of their goals. So they even pulled that ahead a few days, um, and after that happened. Um, myself, myself were contacted about um, about trying to salvage some some kind of season, and uh, you know once we heard from a couple teams, they said, okay, well let's uh, put a survey together, and we surveyed all the teams about the availability of uh, venues first of all, uh, willingness to play, um, the conditions that we would have to meet, and we were we're waiting for. The governing bodies on on what return to activity would look like, um, and once all those obstacles were identified and cleared, we called a meeting last Thursday, and again reviewed the results of the survey, did a roundtable of who wanted to get together and, and salvage some across in 2021, um, and uh, you know the majority of the group um, as a democracy said yeah we wanted to go ahead. And then we started talking about what that season would look like. Um, I'd originally proposed a single game round robin um, and the teams wanted to play more. So we, uh, we looked at the schedule again and, and you know, got to the stage where we're going to be able to play home and away um, games or, you know, uh, two games against each opponent. So we arrived at a 20 game schedule. And, and approve that uh, schedule. A uh, couple of tweaks uh, still to come, but we approved that schedule in principle last night. Okay, so the um, with that season being played, all the games, my understanding, all the games are at the Toronto Rock Athletic Center in Oakville, correct? Correct. I, I think you know one of the problems facing all of our teams, um, we have. You know, some teams that don't have facilities available um, because they're being used as vaccination sites um, and, and by various health departments. Um, some municipalities have already made a uh, statement that they wouldn't be available till after Labor Day. And uh, being in Canada, um, the people that run hockey organizations in Ontario and Canada are um, anxious to get that ice back in. So, you know, our, our our timing for our schedule had to uh, weigh all those uh, those at the same time of, of what was a good fit for when to do our schedule. And of course, having uh, you know Jamie Dalek and the the group at the track and being a private facility, there are different there are different availabilities and different things that you can uh, put into play. Obviously, in this kind of situation. Yes, for sure. And Jamie has reached out to us and. Uh, 
and made the track available uh, for MSL. He he's he's just in the startup of phase three himself um, after his facility being closed. Mm -hmm. uh, didn't want to uh, conflict with the junior A schedules. They're they're playing pre predominantly on weekends, so it wasn't going to cause an issue with uh, with any conflicts. So Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays were available. Um, and it was a good fit for what we wanted to do because, as you know, we're uh, we're a weekday uh, league, anyhow. Right, and you said you know people are excited about getting to see the games. I know there's you're working on having uh, getting everything laid out for how fans can attend. You uh, mentioned some information in the release that came out today, and is there? Are there any details available about streaming of games or where do you stand in the process of people being able to watch at this point? Because of the short notice, um, our intent is to uh, webcast or stream uh, a game of the week as a minimum and include every team at least once. Um, we're scrambling right now trying to get uh, crews and equipment available for those games. Uh, but our intent is to... Uh, is to provide the games free of charge um, via, via streaming. Okay. And that it's starting, as you said, next Tuesday, um, and the season on the 27th, and it winds up on August 26th, so a five-week season. Um, like you said, game of the week, if you can sort that those details out. Um, I'm curious, and, there, and there's no playoffs, obviously. It's just the double round robin, so it, it does end on the 26th. Correct. Right. And in terms of roster sizes, the way rosters are put together, are there any differences this year than you would have in a normal season based on just the fact that everyone's having to pull everything together so quickly and, and through so many challenges? Are, are there some differences? Well, if, as far as roster sizes go for each game, um, you know, you'll be limited to 20, including two goaltenders. Um, but Anyone that's registered it can be rostered at any time, and uh, our MSL clubs have uh, protected lists of, you know, in some cases up to 50 players um, whose rights they own through uh, protect, being protected from the community or draft picks. Um, and it's actually been expanded a little bit because we didn't have a season in 2020. Mm -hmm. um, so the teams are anxious to see those players in MSL games because they haven't had that opportunity yet. So there's no limit on the actual roster. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I figured there'd have to be some concessions, right? Cause like you said, you've got all the teams have two draft classes of players that they haven't even, I mean, in some cases they may not have even had a chance to meet them in person yet because of the pandemic. So things are so different. Um, so obviously there are going to be a lot of, a lot of players excited to take part. I'm curious if you've got an idea from the teams yet, how many players are keen to play and, and will be available to play how uh you know how it's going to break down with veterans and young players you did say in the release uh looking to see a lot of the young prospects obviously trying to showcase themselves for the national lacrosse league draft and things which they just haven't had a chance to do but also mentioning veterans who can play a mentoring role for some of the young players yeah, absolutely. I, I'm looking forward to next week. I think it'll be interesting dynamic when you see a bunch of young fellows walk into the building. And uh, as you know, our coaches are well known um, in the lacrosse community, but I, I expect a lot of introductions to happen in the lobby. Of, oh, hi, coach, by the way, my name's so-and-so. <laughs> Apparently I'm on your team. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's going to be crazy. And the 
to the one of the interesting things to me is to see how the players will be able to perform, how they'll be able to play together. There are so many factors. Uh, not having played most of them, uh, you know, some players not having played lacrosse at all, many not having played box lacrosse at least for you know a year and a half, um, and not having played with a lot of the guys they're going to be playing with for some of the younger players or you know the veterans seeing the draft picks come in. And what I've been seeing from the lacrosse I've been watching, you know, at West, uh, the BC Junior B is streaming a lot. There's some Senior B games out in the, the Extreme League. There's there's a there are some uh, some games available to view, and it seems. Like players look rusty, like you'd expect, and it's, it takes a little bit, takes some games to get that off and get comfortable going again. And the other thing is, to me, it's the the team play that is really challenging. You see a lot of individual play, which again is not surprising, coming off a long stretch without getting to play with other guys. But how long would you think, as a lifelong lacrosse person, it's going to take guys to to get the rust off and to to really get into the team approach where you gel with people and feel comfortable with all the different situations you face in a game. Well, that's a, that's a great question, but I think um, our league has a has a very very long history of developing the best players in the world. I mean. Um, most of our players to represent uh, Team Canada come out of our league. Um, the young players, uh, they grow up playing through the system in Ontario through a qualifier and you know, A, B, and C programs. Um, some develop really quick, some develop late. Um, the lacrosse community is uh, very, very tight, and I would expect those veteran players to embrace those young guys and show them the ropes. Um, and I think they will be rusty, but um, I would liken that to riding a bike. You learn to ride a bike once, uh, you uh, never forget how. Lacrosse will be no different. You know, the passes might not be as sharp and the shots might not be sharp. The goal tires might not be as sharp, but I don't think it's going to take them too long to get back in the, in the mix of things. Yeah, you always wonder, I mean, baseball spring training is always the big question of who has the advantage early in the year, the, the pitchers or the batters. And it's the same thing, I guess, here. Is it the the, the shooters or is it the defenders and goalies? And I I never know where that winds up coming out. It seems like it's a season-by-season, game-by-game differentiation, depending just how things fall. Yeah, I don't have a crystal ball, but I would, I would think that floor positioning and effort would be pretty important. Um, yeah for the young fellas to show, you know, that they understand the game. Uh, they should be in the correct position to receive passes or, or to create scoring opportunities. Um, and playing with the veteran players, the, you know, the, again, the best players in the world, they're going to throw pretty sharp, accurate passes. <laughs> you know, those young guys got to be ready to, to accept the pass and, and release the ball. And that's always a challenge for the young players stepping up right to the to the, the major level. They always mention that stepping up that, you know, you just didn't think the guy could get the pass there and he gets it there and it's right by your ear and you better be ready. Yeah, for sure. I think that'll show. I mean, they'll, they're, uh, the, it'll, it'll take a bit, but I, I think that there'll be some patience shown by all the clubs. Uh, because there isn't a championship at the end of the day. This is about uh, having a look at the players and, and uh, see where they fit in their programs. Yeah. You mentioned in the release that came out today that there would be some 
adapted rules or some some tweaking of rules or, or experimentation with rules. What uh, can you talk about in terms of what will be different than we're used to seeing? Um, I think that there's uh, there's there's about eight rules that we've discussed last night. We again we voted on it. Um, I think we've reached the stage, and this uh, the shortened season gives us an opportunity to look at the rules we've talked about. Mm -hmm. um, it's a it's a great opportunity to rather than make a decision to change a rule, to actually watch it, see it, and see how everybody feels at the end of the schedule about. Uh, about implementation. Implementation of rules takes a long time, as you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and, I, and I just think it's a great opportunity to actually see it, try it, and get a real good opinion on what we what we may or may not want to change, rather than make a change and then regret it later. So you're going to be playing with some of these rules you want to try out for this season, and then decide if they'll be long term. Yeah, we, we'll uh, we'll try them. We'll uh, we'll get together again. I'm going to discussion about each rule um, and decide whether we want to go through the process of getting them changed in the actual rule book. And uh, do you want to go over what the what the rules are that you're going to be having a go with? I know we've talked about it a bit before, but I'm sure some people have, aren't aren't familiar with what the what they are. Yeah, I, I think a lot of uh, lacrosse fans will be familiar with the uh, the eight or ten second rule, um, four second rule for crease play, um, over and back. Um, we're going to try four 50 minute periods. We're going to try uh, sudden victory over time. Uh, again, time constraints there. Um, mm -hmm. We believe it might speed the game up. Uh, and that's the end goal is to make it more enjoyable for uh, for the fans. And, and you know, we, we're trying hard for 150 years now to become a spectator sport. <laughs> um, so let's make it enjoyable for uh, not only the players, but also the fans. I like that aspect. I think most of those rules are, are going to prove pretty positive. I, obviously, we'll see how they are when they're implemented. Um, the one other thing I'm wondering about is, obviously, you got a lot of feedback when there are discussions. This doesn't just happen. There's lots of discussions with the teams. They're looking to their players. Do you guys want to play? Are they keen to get out? And, and will they come and be a part of this? Obviously, the answer was a pretty resounding yes. So given how keen the players are to get back, everyone's been missing it, you know, the coaches, everyone, what do you think the season will mean to these players who get to take part, who have been away for so long from it? Well, I think it's been, going to be very meaningful for the players because, uh, you know, lacrosse players and lacrosse people are very passionate. And that's been taken away from them for over a year now. And now there's an opportunity to get back at the game they love, uh, get passionate about it again. And I, and I think the great athletes want to test themselves. So I think they want to see where they fit. Um, and I think that that's, you know, a benefit to everyone, um, the teams, the fans and the players themselves and, and their and the competition. Is there anything, Doug, that you would like to add uh, that you think is important about what you're doing, about what the league's doing that we should that I should have asked about? Um, I, I think that I, I don't want to leave the officials out of this because yes. the officials 
play play a uh, a huge role in our game. Without them, there is no game. Um, and these trial rules, I know that our veteran officials understand them. They've they've done them in other leagues before. Um, and to bring it into uh, to our league for the first time, I want them to be patient and understanding. And I want really, really good communication between the player that creates an, uh, you know, an offense and the officials explain it to the player that, that created the problem and to the benches rather than having a misunderstanding of what the interpretation of those rules are. And I think that's key to us making this successful. Yeah, I mean, luckily, players and coaches are always notoriously patient with officials who they think have made a mistake on a call, right? Yeah, I wonder what you've been watching. <laughs> I, I think that's a great point to, to mention the officials because it is, I mean, we've had a bit of a crisis of officials in that it's just, it's so hard to, to get and retain officials for the game to, to officiate at a high level. It demands a lot of commitment, um, a lot of determination to be part of it. And, and you do have to have a thick skin and put up with a lot, obviously. I mean, people are passionate, like you said. So I think it's great to, to mention the officials. And um, was that, given how hard it's been over the years, was that difficult to get them because people were, were doing other things or were the refs just as ready to jump back in as everybody else? I think league-wide, we made a conscientious effort about three years ago to, uh, to stop, stop the, you know, um, abuse, for lack of a better word, mm -hmm. and misunderstandings between clubs, players, and officials. Um, I think we did a pretty good job of getting um, our league more in line with the the officials' expectations, um, and and I think it's paying dividends for us now because we have veteran officials that want to come back and do M MSL lacrosse and senior A lacrosse um, that had uh, had started turning games down and did other leagues because of the situation that they found in senior A lacrosse. And, and I'm so glad and, and uh, quite happy to have those guys back because they are the best in the game. And we believe we have the best players. So why not have the best officials? It's very exciting that lacrosse is coming back. Um, I, like I said, I've been having a chance to go and and you know to watch some lacrosse online a little bit here and there. Um, I've actually started playing again in the Borough Boys, which is basically a league for mostly old guys who run around really slowly but have great speed in our in our memories. And uh, and uh, it's been great to do that. But getting a chance to come out and watch these guys is is going to be very exciting. So um, I think on behalf of all the lacrosse fans, thanks for, for getting this going and uh, hope everything goes great. Good luck with the, uh, with the season. And I'm looking forward to seeing you at a rink. Well, thank you, Stephen. I appreciate this and I appreciate all you do for the game and uh, look, look forward to seeing the track in the next couple of weeks. Sounds great. We will see you there. All right. Take care my friend. All right, many thanks to Commissioner Doug Louie of Major Series Lacrosse for coming on the show. Uh, glad to have him once again on Laxby. One note to add that uh, Doug brought up after we'd uh, finished recording was that he forgot to mention among the rules 
that is being tried out. They will be using the four foot by four foot nine nets, the same ones used in the National Lacrosse League and uh, other leagues using the wider nets. So it's another change that uh, they'll be trying out in this shortened season. Uh, my thanks to Doug Louie, my thanks to you lacrosse friends for being here on Laxbeat once again. Please do sign up, subscribe to receive Laxbeat every week wherever you get your podcasts. And remember to come back every week for more insight and conversation about the broad spectrum of lacrosse, women, men, box field, pro and amateur from all around the globe. I'm Stephen Stamp, your host. Thanks for being with me here on Laxbeat. We'll see you next week.